بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله الكريم نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد so بإذن الله تعالى today we will continue with our study of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawi and today our study is of the hadith number 35 the hadith concerning brotherhood Anybody like to read it from what they have memorized? Sheikh Muhammad Fadl. Ahsan, This here is the hadith of Abi Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala And the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam said, La tahasadu. Don't be jealous against each other. Wala tanajashu. Don't practice nudge, artificially inflating the prices against each other. Wala tabaghabu. Don't hate each other. Wala tadabaru. Don't turn away from each other. Wala yabi' ba'du. Wala yabi' ba'dukum ala bay'i ba'u. And you should not enter upon the transactions the business transactions the business transactions of each other and you should be slaves of allah as brothers al muslim akhul muslim the muslim is the brother of the muslim la yadlimuhu wa la yakhdhuluhu wa la yakdhibuhu wa la he doesn't oppress him he doesn't forsake him he doesn't lie to him he doesn't belittle him piety is here and he pointed the messenger pointed to his chest three times alayhi salam muslim it is enough of an evil from a person that he looks down upon his Muslim brother all of the Muslim upon the other Muslim is haram his blood his wealth and his honor the hadith having been narrated by Imam Muslim Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abad's explanation to this is of three part, four parts. As for the first part, the Sheikh he he explains the statement of the Messenger of Allah alayhi salatu wasalam up until he said, "Wakunu ibad Allahi ikhwana." Yani up until yani he explained all the way including the statement none of you should none of you should enter upon the business transactions of the other everything he explained in the first part till that point including including that point and then the second part is when the messenger says you should be brothers to each other slaves of Allah you should be brothers to each other so we'll go over the first part the first part um, we can break it into five parts five parts 
the first part is concerning the statement of, of the Messenger of Allah والسلام, when he said, لا تحاسدوا Do not have hasad towards each other. <coughs> hasad, that is that a person, he dislikes to see the blessing of Allah upon others. Hasad, Ibn Taymiyyah has defined it as that you hate to see the blessing of Allah upon others. Whether it is of dunyawi matters, worldly matters, materialistic matters, or whether it's about dini matters, religious matters, that you hate to see the blessing of Allah upon someone else. This is a more precise definition of al-hasad as defined by Ibn Taymiyyah. Then on the most part, that will result in tamanni zawal al-ni'mah an ghayrika. That will result in wishing for the discontinuation of that blessing of Allah upon someone besides yourself. You see your Muslim brother, he is enjoying a certain blessing of Allah upon him. You end up hating that he has that blessing upon him. And that on the most part would result and would be, in, uh, would be accompanied with the wish for that blessing to discontinue from him. <coughs> Concerning this, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin Abbal he said, Al Hasad Yakunu fil Umur Ad Dunyawiya Wal Ukrawiya. It occurs in Dunyawi matters and it occurs in Dini matters. A person sees that so and so has a nice house. He hates it in his heart. He hates to see that that person has a nice house. He finds that so-and-so has a nice car. In your heart, you feel this karaha. You feel this dislike. That so-and-so, he's driving that nice car. In your heart, you feel it. On the most part, you, also, you, you will also end up feeling, on the most part, you'll also end up feeling that that person no longer has that house anymore. That that blessing of that house, Yazul, it seizes. It discontinues, it stops. That car that he has, that job that he has, that career that he's pursuing, the marriage, he's got married, you hate it. He's had a child, you hate it. His children, they are progressing, they're getting good grades at school, you hate it. You wish that it stops. This is what Al-Hasad is. This is what Al-Hasad is. Whether you wish, Shaykh Abdul Muhsin, he says, Sawa'an, whether you wish, Tamanni intiqalaha ila ghayrihi, Tamanni intiqalaha ilayhi, whether you wish for it to be transferred to you or not, regardless of whether you wish for that blessing to be transferred to you, or not, you just hate the fact that that person has that blessing, you want it to stop, 
regardless now of whether you want that blessing to be transferred to you or you don't, it's hasad still. You're jealous of the fact you have this hasad, this jealousy that so-and-so has such a, nice, such a nice house. It is defined as jealousy because of the case that you have this dislike, whether or not you want to have that house for yourself or not. Even if you don't want that house yourself, if this dislike in your heart has entered into your heart concerning the fact that he has this nice house, it is considered hasad. It's considered jealousy. You may not even wish to have the same job that he does, but because you dislike the fact that that person has that job, it's defined as hasad. However, if it is the case that you wish what that person has, you wish the job that he has, you wish the house that he has for yourself, but at the same time, you don't wish, or at the same time, you don't hate the fact that he's enjoying that blessing, and that isn't hasad anymore, right? So and so, he has got married, for example. You also wish that you got married, even if you're a married man. You just so happy, happens to be the case, so-and-so's got married, and I wish I could increase in the khayr, expand in the khayr. After this, I'll be going home to Nelson, but you'll be here, Juan. If you get in trouble, don't blame me. You want to expand upon the khayr, but at the same time, you don't hate the fact that he's got married. Ah, is this hasad now? It's not hasad at all. Even if you wish that you have more than he's got in terms of blessings. I'll give another example. Somebody has got a job where he is earning a good salary. He's earning, I don't know, 3,000 pounds a month, for example. You wish the same thing for yourself. You wish that I had that job as well. I had that job and I wish that I had a better salary than his. 5,000 pounds a month, for example. So now, not only are you wanting the thing that he has, you want more than what he has. Jaiz, permissible for you to wish that. Permissible for you to want that as long as you do not dislike him having that job of three thousand pounds a month that's the that's the main thing that's the main point you don't dislike it in your heart even if you haven't reacted physically you shouldn't dislike the fact that your brother has a blessing if you dislike it even if you don't physically react to this impulse in your heart, you dislike the fact that he has this blessing, but you don't react physically. So you don't, for example, grimace on your face when it's the case that he says, yes, I've got married, or I've got, I've got this really good job, or I've got this car. There's no physical reaction on your face. There's no physical reaction and response from your tongue. There is no reaction from your limbs, and so on and so forth. But it's still hasad, it's still jealousy, it's still 
a sin. It's still blameworthy because the feeling is in your heart. That dislike for the blessing being a the blessing being granted to your brother, that dislike is in your heart. So that is the thing that you are meant to now supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remove from your heart. So Allah Allah's Messenger alayhi salatu wasalam. In this narration, <coughs> in this tremendous narration, this narration which is from the foundations, from the foundations of your religion. Imam al-Nawawi, what does he say at the Muqaddimah? What does he say at the introduction? That is, that is gathered together, those ahadith that are from the usul of the deen, from the foundations of the deen. Therefore, this narration here, it's not a minor matter. It's not something that if I don't practice it, it's no big deal. Major matter here is from the usul of the deen. Meaning, brotherhood is from the usul of the deen. Brotherhood is from the foundations of the deen. And brotherhood, it has its requirements. It has those things that bring it about and keep it intact. And here the Messenger of Allah, والسلام, he mentions to us those requirements of brotherhood. The Messenger of Allah والسلام, mentions to us the requirements of brotherhood by way of example. He mentions some examples of brotherhood, some examples of the requirements of brotherhood. By way of example, he mentions them. He doesn't limit them and restrict them here. They're not mentioned ala sabil al-hasar, but rather they're mentioned ala sabil al-mithal. They're not mentioned in the sense of restricting the requirements of brotherhood to this hadith, but rather by way of example. Because these examples, they are jami'ah. They are jami'ah. They are collective. They gather together and have inclusive within them so many other requirements of brotherhood. And so the Messenger والسلام, he said, لا تحاسدوا. Don't become jealous towards one another because the one that is jealous, he is he is an enemy to the blessing of Allah. How? Because he hates to see the blessing of Allah being manifest upon someone else. So in reality, Al-Hasid, as they have mentioned. He is an enemy to the blessings of Allah. Then the Messenger of Allah والسلام, he then said, and don't practice Najj. Do not practice Najj. Najj, that is artificially inflating the prices. You artificially inflate the price of something either in order to benefit the businessman himself or to harm the one that is purchasing that item. How does it occur? How does artificial, how does nudge occur? You either do it to benefit the businessman. For example, the businessman, he's selling something, he's selling a bottle of water for one pound. Somebody comes along, he wants to purchase it. He says, I'll buy this off you for one pound. You, in order to help the businessman, because he's your buddy, he's your friend, you, in order to help him, 
You say, no, 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 I'll buy the bottle of water off you for one pound fifty, for example. Even though you do not intend to actually buy it, artificially increasing the price. Or the other surah, the other scenario, is that you artificially inflate the price in order to harm the buyer. The buyer comes along and he says, Oh, I really need that bottle of water. I'm really thirsty. How much is it? It's for one pound. You can have it for one pound. You then come along and you say, I'll buy that bottle of water off you for two pounds, for one pound fifty, two pounds, three pounds, five pounds, whatever it may be. Do you intend to buy it really? No. You're just artificially inflating the price. What's the gharad? What's the intent behind it? What's the objective? Why are you doing it? You're doing it in order to harm the person. So he has to pay extra because your intent is to harm him. So here the Messenger of Allah والسلام, he prohibited this. Why? Because this is something that leads to the harming of the brotherhood. People inflating prices artificially. This will result in the harming of the brotherhood. So that was the second matter. Third matter. Third matter. It's concerning the statement of the Messenger of Allah. And don't hate one another. Don't hate one another. And that is because of the case that naturally hating one another that will bring about splits between the Muslimin splits within the Ummah in his book and the Messenger of Allah in his Sunnah they have prohibited us from being like those who came before us who ended up splitting as a result of which animosity and hatred occurred between them here the Messenger of Allah he said don't hate one another this statement is comprehensive it is collective included within this statement are all of those things that bring about hatred and from those things that bring about hatred is bid'ah from those things that bring about hatred is bid'ah because when it is the case that a person innovates something into the deen of Allah he either he either devises it himself or he is someone that is practicing it and preaching it and calling to it. Whatever, whatever of the two situations it may be. When a person is upon innovation, innovating in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Ahlul Sunnah, people of the Sunnah wal Jama'ah, by the very fact that they are the people of the Sunnah and by the very fact that, that, that they are the unified body, Imitating the companions, imitating the companions with one Allah Taala alayhim. By virtue of the fact that they are the people of the Sunnah, they will then end up correcting you when you commit the bid'ah. When they correct you, when they say don't do this, you're not going to like it. You're not going to want them to correct you. You're going to want to continue upon your bid'ah. Ah, as a result of that, what's going to happen? The baghud is naturally going to occur. Animosity and hatred is naturally going to occur. Splits and divisions is not naturally going to, going to occur. 
So inclusive within this, the ulama, they say, this comprehensive statement of the Prophet when he said, don't hate each other, inclusive, inclusive within this is don't do those things that is going to bring about hatred between you and the thing that one of the greatest things that brings about hatred between the Muslimin is bid'ah, is innovation. Then the Messenger of Allah he said, Wala tadabaru, and don't turn away from each other. Don't turn away from each other. Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al Abad he said, Wattadabur al Muqata'ah, Wattahajur. Attadabr, this turning away from each other, it's boycotting. Boycotting each other. And thus, the person doesn't want to meet his brother, yani his Muslim brother. Rather, both of them, all of them, they turn, each turn away from each other because of the thing that brought about the hatred between themselves. Some personal differences between themselves as a result of which they turn away from each other. Obviously, as far as the people of Bid'a are concerned, the people of innovation are concerned, those who innovate in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and they are musirruna ala dhalika. They continue upon that. They stick to that. Even when it's clear to them that what they're upon is innovation, then as we know that the Salaf, the early Imams of the past, they would, they were, the, they were the exception to this general rule. To such an extent that you find some of the Salaf saying, I rather <coughs> be around apes, pigs and monkeys than be around Ahlul Bid'ah, than be in the company of Ahlul Bid'ah. From them were those that would say Ahlul Bid'ah, you do not give salam to them. You don't give salam to them. That's the right of the Muslim in general. Ahlul Bid'ah, exception now. Those that, this does not mean the general Jews. The people of innovation, those who devise the innovation, those who preach to it and call to it, based upon, their, based upon the proof having been established upon them, those type of people, the Salaf, they would not give salam to. They said, do not visit them, meaning when they're sick. Don't pray upon them, meaning at their funeral. So obviously, are there exceptions to this rule? Yes, but we're talking about the general rule of thumb. The Muslim, he's not to be boycotted. The Muslim, you don't turn your back towards him. <coughs> next, the Messenger of Allah, next, the Messenger of Allah, salam, he said, وَلَا يَبِعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَىٰ بَيْعِ بَعْضُ and let not one of you enter upon the business transaction of the other. Let not one of you enter upon the business transaction of the other. What is this in reference to? Shaykh Abdul Muhsin al-Abad, he said, وَالْبَيْعُ عَلَىٰ بَيْعِ غَيْرِهِ أَنْ يَتَبَايَعَ إِثْنَانِ أَنْ يَتَبَايَعُ أَنْ يَتَبَايَعَ إِثْنَانِ أن يتبايع إثنان سلعة وهما في مدة الخيار فيأتي آخر إلى المشتري فيقول له أترك هذه السلعة وأنا أبيعك سلعة مثلها أو أحسن منها بثمن أرخص مما اشتريت به 
So entering upon the business transaction of your Muslim brother. That is when your Muslim brother has entered into he is in the state of khiyar. He is in muddat al-khiyar. He's in the state of choice. Meaning, he's agreed to the business. I sell you my bottle of water, for example, for one pound. Do you agree? Will you buy it? So you start haggling with me. Especially if you're from London. You start haggling from me. Us northerners, we're simpletons, aren't we? You say, no, I'm going to have it for 90p, which is good. It is good. There's nothing wrong with it. Haggling is good. It is, it is a good thing. You say, no, I'll have it for 90p. Yeah, I'll give it to you for 90p. I say, hmm, uh, okay, no problem. I agree. 90p. Now we have agreed. We said we're going to engage in this transaction. We've agreed. Ittafaqna. That is now mudat al-khiyar. That is now the period of choice as long as I am there in the shop in the house wherever in the market in that place with him with that businessman I haven't left the mahal I haven't left the store the shop wherever it was as long as I am there that is muddat al-khiyar that is what they call majlis al-khiyar the place where you're in the period of choice so, for example, so I've, you, you've, so, you've sold it to me. I may, ha I may have even given you the money. I've got the bottle in my hand. As long as I'm still with you physically in that place, then I have a choice of going off with it, continuing with it, or cancelling the transaction. Allah, the Most High, has given us this option as far as business transactions are concerned for me to cancel the contract. For me to cancel the transaction. As long as I'm there in that particular place. It may be for five minutes. It may be for ten minutes. Maybe for a few hours. Sometimes you go and you want to buy some sofas. So you go and you say, I want this sofa and I want this. And how much is it going to be? He says it's going to be this much. It's going to be, I don't know, 500 pounds for example. So you say, okay, yes, I agree. Yes, I'm going to do it. He goes, okay, come with me. You go with him into the office, there's paperwork to do and things like this. It may take one hour, it may take two hours, you never know, sometimes these type of things happen. As long as you're with him, as long as you're together in that place, then that is what you call muddat al-khiyar. That is what you call that, that period of khiyar, that period of choice. So as soon as that happens, as soon as you agree, then it is not permissible for someone to now come along and say, ah, don't uh, buy that, buy it off me. I'll sell you, I'll sell you that thing for a cheaper price. As long as you are fi muddatil khiyar, that is not allowed for someone now to come along and say, don't buy that bottle of water for him, from him for 95p, I'll sell you it for 50 pence, for example. If I'm still with that person who sold me that bottle of water, you can't come along and say, La, cancel the transaction. Why? We'll mention why shortly. So that's, one, so that's one scenario where you can't come 
to the one that has purchased the item and say, I'll sell you it for a cheaper price. Or, I'll sell you something that is better than it for the same price. You can't enter upon that business transaction while he is fi khiyar, uh, fi muddat al khiyar. Likewise, you can't come up to the businessman himself. You can't come up to the salesman himself and say to him, that item that you sold there, I'll buy it off you for a bigger price. I'll buy it off you for a bigger price. You sold a bottle of water for 95p, sell it to me for £2. Haram for you to do this. You can't do that. It's not allowed. As long as it is, fi khiyar, the act has been made. The agreement has been made. You can't do that. Likewise, sometimes you find that there is shart, there is a condition that's been placed. They have uh, a shart for khiyar, a condition that's been, that's been placed as far as choosing this uh, commodity and this item is concerned. Yani, for example, the businessman sells the item to you and he says, you know what, you've got three days. You've got three days to see whether or not you still want to have this item. You've got three days, you can give it back to me. He might place conditions that the packaging hasn't been opened, uh, the packaging hasn't been opened, um, and so on and so He might state certain conditions, or the packaging's been opened but it's not been used, and so on and so forth. He might place certain conditions. You can't go up to that person while he is still, fi muddatil khiyar, he's still in that period of khiyar, that period of choice. Even though he's left the premises, he's left the store, he's left the, the shop, he's left the market, he's taken the, the item home. You can't come up to your brother and say, how much did you get that? Did you get that for five pounds? I would have, I would have sold it to you for four pounds. You can't do that. Haram, you can't do that. You can't come up to him and say, give it back and I'll get you one for the same price but better. I'll get you the same computer, but this computer, it has more gigabytes. It has a monitor with it and so on and so forth. Same price. You can't do that. Even though he's left the premises, he's taken the item home, he is in that period of khiyar because him and the salesman made an agreement that I've got three days to choose. So those, and likewise, likewise, so when is, the, when is it the case that you can't enter upon the business transaction of your brother? When can you not do it? When, when can you not do it? Huh? In the middle of selling, can you be a bit more definitive? When he's agreed, when the agreement has been made, when the agreement has been made, five pounds, you want it or not? Yes, I want it. Do you agree? We agree. Shall we do it? Let's do it. And you might shake hands, eh? shake hands on the agreement, for example. It's been made. It's been made. Whether it's a written agreement, verbal agreement, it's been made. Khalas, al amr. Case closed. Finished. But likewise, likewise, just before that, just before that, the fuqaha, the jurists, they mentioned, just before that. We're mentioning this just so that there is no um, ambiguity concerning it. 
just before the agreement is fully made. That period, which is just before it, they call it when the two haven't made the official agreement, however, both are happy with the price. Both are happy with the price. Right? How much do you want this bottle for? Uh, I want it for uh, uh, 50p. No, you can't have it for 50p. Uh, it's for two pounds. So now we're still bargaining. We're still haggling. This is not muddat al-khiyar. It's not muddat al-rukun. It's none of that. You can easily come over and say, hey, buy it off me for 50p if you want. Why? Because you're still... The, the, the customer is still going from one shop to another. Or he's still bargaining. So you say to him, I'll sell you it for three pounds. He says, no, no, no. He pulls out his phone. He goes on Amazon. He says, no, it's two pounds. Yeah, I prefer this item. So there's bargaining still going on. He's still going from one shop to another, from one salesman to another, and so on and so forth. In that scenario, where the price, neither of the two parties are satisfied and happy with the price, in that scenario, you can come and enter upon the transaction of your brother because no real transaction has actually occurred there is no agreement or happiness with the price however there is that period called where you the salesman set the price and you agree with it the customer he set the price or he suggested the price or he heard your price and he agrees with it. Five pounds? Five pounds for that thing? Okay, that's a good price. That's a good price. The salesman, he said five pounds. The customer said, okay, that's a good price. I like that price. That price, I want, yes, I want something for that price. Or the customer says five pounds, and the businessman, he says, okay, yeah, five pounds, I agree with that. That little period there, that period as well, it's not allowed for you to come and enter upon the business transaction. Is it clear there? That small period, that little brief period, it might just be a few seconds or so, or half a, half a minute or so, you can't come into that period and enter upon the transaction. So it's clear there, it's clear in terms of what what it means. Sell, uh, entering upon the transaction of your brother, it means. Whether it is in terms of you approaching the customer or you approaching the actual salesman whether it's once the item has been purchased or while uh, he's still in the shop and so on and so forth and we, we've explained that why are these things haram why is it the case that this is haram how can this lead to tabahud hating one another how can this lead to harm Sheikh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymeen he mentions in his explanation of this hadith three reasons. Again, not ala sabir al-hasar, but by way of example, he mentions three reasons why this is haram. The first reason: أن المشتري يكون في قلبه حقد على البائع ويقول هذا الرجل غلبني وخدعني. When you purchase that item from that businessman, you go home, 
with that item. Somebody comes, comes over and says, you purchased that thing for five pounds. Did you not know you, can, you could have got it off me for one pound? And his is from China. Mine was here and made in the UK. How will you feel now? You're going to feel tricked. You're going to feel tricked and duped. And defeated. What a nice feeling to have. Therefore, you shouldn't allow your brother, your Muslim brother, to feel that towards his, towards his Muslim brother. Secondly, Shaykh Uthameen, he says, أَنَّ الْمُشْتَرِي يَنْدَمْ وَيَقُولْ كَيْفَ أَشْتَرِي هَذَا بِمِئَةِ وَهُوَ بِتِسْعِينَ وَإِدْخَالُ النَّدَمْ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ مُحَرَّمْ the second reason why this is wrong, the second reason why you can't go to your Muslim brother after he's purchased something from his Muslim brother and tell him, yeah, but you can buy the same thing off me for a cheaper price. The reason why this is wrong is because the customer is going to end up regretting or even the businessman will end up regretting. If you say to the businessman, I could have purchased this thing off you for double the price. That person will end up regretting. He's going to say, how is it the case that I bought this for a hundred pounds or riyas, whatever it may be, when I could have purchased it for ninety pounds? And so you enter regret into the heart of your brother. And entering regret into the heart of your brother is haram. Third matter, Shaykh Uthameen, he mentioned. أنه ربما يسعى يسعى المشتري إلى إحداث عيب في السلعة أو إلى دعوة اختلال شرط من الشروط من أجل أن يفسخ البيع. So perhaps thirdly, the customer may end up claiming that there is a defect. He may end up claiming that there's a defect with the item. He may end up making a claim that there is a defect in the item. He may himself put a defect in the item himself. And thus as a result of that, he has deceived and tricked and lied. You purchase a computer from a shop. You come home. Somebody says, you could have bought that off me for 90 pounds. You bought it for 100. You could have got, you could have got it off me for 90 pounds. So you do, you, what do you do? Put a little scratch on the base of the computer system. Take it back to the shop. Say, oh brother, I'm really sorry, I'm really embarrassed. But this computer, it's got a scratch on there. I'm going to have to give it back. It's defective. Huh? So you've lied and you deceived. And all of these are sins. So here Shaykh Uthameen is clarifying why this thing of entering upon the business transaction of your brother why it is haram because it's going to bring about all of these harmful matters it's going to bring about these matters that result in tabahut that result in hating one another disliking one another you've done me over so and so has told me that he was going to sell me that same thing for five pounds you sold me for ten pounds you tricked me it's going to bring about tabahut
going to bring about hatred. You deceive, you, def you make the item defective, and then you take it back, and you say, can you refund it? Why? Because it's defective, that's why. What do you mean it's defective? When I sold it to you, I took a picture of the item. And when I took a picture of it, that crack wasn't there. You've done it on purpose. Ah, tabahud is now occurring. Hatred is now occurring. You end up regretting. You end up regretting having purchased it from that, that person. And you always remember, ah, the regret that I had when I purchased that computer from that shop. Ah, I can't look at that person in the eyes again because of the regret, the memory of regret that is associated with that shop and that businessman. It's clear why entering upon the transactions of your brother is haram. Tamam. So that there is the end of part one, that there is the end of part one of Sheikh Abdul Muhsin Abbad's explanation. And then inshallah ta'ala, next week, no, not next week. Next week is the Cardiff conference, right? So next week is the Cardiff conference. What's the date after that? Uh, is it the... Um, it's, not, it's not before the uh, 8th of... Eh? Yeah, so, yeah, 1st of March. So 1st of March, inshallah ta'ala, we'll have a lesson. And then there'll be a break for about two or three weeks. Uh, two or three weeks after that. So our next lesson will be on the 1st of March, inshallah ta'ala. Next week... Next Sunday is a conference, inshallah, in Cardiff. Naftafi bihadal qadar wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.